Welcome to the Fitting In Podcast with myself, Liz Ronick, coach and mindset expert as featured on Good Morning America and People Magazine. We are here inspiring you to fit in your dreams during this chaotic life. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Lisa Marie. She is the confidence coach and online visibility expert for passionate and purpose-driven entrepreneurs. She's a four-time number one international best-selling author and co-creator of the Art of Unlearning Anthology series, Mindset Mastery for Entrepreneurs, and Motivational Speaker. She has been featured in the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, YFS and several other noteworthy publications. Lisa Marie has also appeared as a special guest expert on over 80 international telesummits and has been interviewed on dozens of highly regarded podcasts such as The Stellar Life, The Big Movement, Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self, and Women in Leadership. Welcome, Lisa Marie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I am excited to have you here because we've chatted before and I love your story and I love why you do what you do. So we have a little bit of background um, just from your intro, but if you don't mind to share with us a little bit more about what you do and how you got there and why you decided this was your purpose. Sure. So first off, Thank you so much for having me here. It's always a pleasure to do, you know, to have the opportunity to bring my message to other people's audiences. And so I really appreciate that opportunity. Absolutely. And so what do I currently do and how did I get here? Right. That's the, that's the question. So currently I work as both a life and business coach and more specifically, I focus primarily on confidence coaching for other you know, passionate, purpose-driven entrepreneurs. And so when we sort of tackle the confidence piece, helping people to overcome their fear, overcome blocks, overcome the very things that are standing in their way to success, right? That's always a component of what I do. And then we also do visibility strategy. So confidence coaching and visibility uh, expertise is essentially the two things that are married. And Working with my clients, again, I've had the opportunity to work with women and men all over the globe just from the comfort of my own home, which has been a godsend because that is the reason why I got into this business in the first place. Um, It was about, oh my God, it was six years ago now, and I had had uh, reconstructive shoulder surgery that was really complex and complicated. And this was back in 2014. And at that time I was working as a uh, middle school teacher. I was working with special ed students and I had had a very long standing chronic injury from a previous automobile accident that I had had. So I lived in chronic pain for three years from 2011 till 2014. And that is when it was confirmed that I actually did have a tear in my shoulder and it needed to be surgically repaired. Now, of course, I knew that for the entire three-year period that I was in agony every day. Um, But, you know, I can't write my own prescriptions to get an MRI and and things like that. So long and short of it, I get the verification, confirmation that I'm not crazy, that I actually have this structural damage and was told that surgery was the only way to fix it. 
so I trusted the doctors and, you know, put my, my faith in God and just said, okay, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then had the surgery and I had every intention in the world of going back to my job, right? Because I felt like it was a good job. It was a noble job. It was, I was making a difference in children's lives and especially middle-aged students who, you know, needed additional support because of their disabilities. And somewhere around maybe the sixth week of being out of work. Mind you, I did try to go back two weeks after my <laughs> I could see that. I totally did because I told them that's what I was going to do. I was like, listen, this is just a little surgery. I'm I'm good. Like I'll be back in two weeks. Right. And little did I know I wasn't even allowed to move my arm from the sling for six weeks. Shut up. Yes. And so I wound up um, begging the doctor, begging, pleading, because I was so bored out of my mind. I couldn't even go to physical therapy. I literally was just in a sling. I wasn't allowed to do anything for six weeks. That's tough. Yeah. And so what wound up happening was I convinced the doctor to let me back in, except he wrote this ridiculously like long letter about all the things I could not do. So of course I show up with this long letter in my arm in a sling and about an hour into the day, I get a phone call from personnel and human resources. <laughs> oh no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Telling me like, um, well, why are you back to work? Right. And I said, well, well I have to work. I, and, it, and the truth is I was not being paid to be out. I had not worked long enough in that school district to earn any paid time off or anything like that. So if I didn't work, I had no income. Yeah. yeah. So, and plus I was bored, right? I wasn't somebody who could stay home all day. Now I, I love home and I want to be home all the time. Right. <laughs> but long and short of it, I, I really did make an effort to go back the first two weeks. Um, and again, I was told, go home, take the full six weeks that you need, call us then. And even then, if you're not ready, it's okay. Like you got, you have to heal. Right. Plus I was a liability that they didn't say that, but that's what it comes down to. Right? right. If I fall, if I get hit by a kid banged up against a locker or something, they're going to be responsible. So I go home and I, and I do my, you know, my homework and I'm doing my physical therapy and I am absolutely miserable because it still hurts like hell. I'm still not doing anything that I'm really passionate about. I remember there were days where I would wake up and literally just watch TV and play words with friends. Like that's what I, I considered that an accomplishment because yeah. I really couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't drive myself anywhere. Couldn't wash my hair. Like couldn't even take a shower by myself. I needed my mom to help me do those things because when one arm is fully pinned, you're just like, you don't know what to do. And then every motion hurt, right? Because they didn't tell you that part, but the rehab part of it is like awful. Yeah. So. I actually wound up being out of work the remainder of that year, even though I did try to go back a couple of times, but by like a couple hours in that it would just start throbbing and I'd have to sit. And so I did choose to take off the remainder of that year. But in that time, I, begot, uh, I became very, very curious um, and wanted to learn more and dive in deeper about my life with this because I knew that there was something bigger, like something was stirring in my soul. And it was because I started creating very positive quotes, positive images. Um, I was dabbling in like 
you know, um, uh, digital media, right? Just kind of playing around and uh, graphic design and not formally trained at all. But I would create these beautiful quotes and I put them on Facebook, I put them on Instagram. And I started to get a lot of people um, following me or friend requesting me or, you know, and I started a fan page for, I'll never forget, it was Lisa Marie Pepe's page of positivity. Like I had everything like so clear, you know, and uh, long and short of it, uh, that is what started my online entrepreneurial journey, right? It was this idea that I had a lot of value to offer. People were interested in what I was offering and it brought me tremendous joy and happiness to help other people feel better, feel more confident, feel more secure, love themselves more, you know, love each other more. And I just started really digging deep and asking God for guidance. Like, do you want me to go back to this job? Which again, it's a noble job. I mean, being a teacher is not easy, you know, and you certainly don't get paid enough and, you know, recognized enough for the the work you do. Um, Or could I do something like coaching, right? Like life coaching and so, or health coaching or something like that. And so while I was bored at home and in between creating, you know, beautiful memes and, you know, quotes, I started researching uh, life coaching, certifications, things like that. I didn't really need to get a certification because, you, as you know, like it's not moderated by any major institution or anything where you have to be certified. And I already had two master's degrees, one in education and one in clinical psychology. So I kind of felt like, I'm not going to do like a three-year program or something for coaching. It just didn't make any sense when I had worked in mental health and teaching and everything. But I did do a wellness certification program that was a few months long online. And that's how I started. I was a health and wellness coach. Mm-hmm. And I really did enjoy it. I, I, I liked it a lot because I was always into health and wellness and, you know, a gym rat and a health nerd and all those terms that we give to people like us. And somewhere along the line in that first year of doing it, I still wanted to dig a little bit deeper as to why people were sabotaging themselves, why they were being their own worst enemy. And so I knew there was something deeper that was happening. It wasn't just about somebody going on a binge and, you know, just losing control. There was more involved. And uh, that's when I switched gears. I, I, hired a marketing coach and I said, look, this is what I've been doing, but this is what I want to do. And lo and behold, that's where the confidence coach and online visibility expert came together. Um, And I also just add this in really quickly. I worked, so in that time, and again, I'm straight up honest with people, like your first year as an entrepreneur, as a coach, don't expect to make like a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Sorry. Like, sorry, just being honest, unless you've got some serious capital and you've got someone backing you and you've got an entire team of people that's going to promote you and do everything for you, chances are you are going to go through that same hustle and struggle that everybody else goes through during their first year or two years or three years or whatever it takes. Right. So during that time, I did need to do something practical, but here's the thing. My neck and my shoulder never fully healed. And even today, I still fight chronic pain every day. I don't talk about that much. And I don't come on and tell people every day that I'm hurting or what I have to do to keep my body healthy. Um, But 
there was no way I was going to go back to work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And especially at like, you know, a crappy wage for not feeling good all day and all that. Yes. So uh, I worked as a social media manager. I actually created a, a joint venture with a girl that I knew and we did social media management for other entrepreneurs. Um, I was a VA. I worked as a VA for a couple of years while I was building up the coaching practice. And that's what paid the bills, being a VA and being a social media manager. But it also paved the way for me to then become a visibility expert because without even knowing it, I started learning a lot of things. I started implementing a lot of things, not only for clients, but on my own stuff as well. And then when I was doing the confidence coaching, people started to ask me, how are you showing up everywhere? I I always get that. People tell me that all the time. You're everywhere. Like, how are you on this summit? You're on this podcast. You're doing that. You're launching a course. You're over here. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't have a process. Like it's just sort of intuitively what I'm doing. Yeah. So long story short, that is the evolution of Lisa Marie Peppy from 2014 to current day. (laughs) So from the positivity page to the confidence and visibility coach. Yes. So question for you, when you're working with clients, are you doing visibility and confidence all together or is it like a separate, are those separate entities? Nope. They're all woven into every program that I do. So regardless of the technique or the strategy that we're working on, mindset and confidence building are paramount to anything else. Because if someone does not feel confident, and again, uh, hello, I know what that's like, right? I went through the worst depression in my life after I got hurt. I knew what it felt like to be anxious all the time, not confident, not secure, felt incredibly, um, you know, just miserable, miserable, like living in mediocrity, right? That was right after I'd gotten hurt in 2011. So I know what that's like. And I know that if that's not right, nothing else is right because you make poor choices. If you're in, if within you don't recognize, fully accept, love, honor yourself and your body, you're going to make poor choices in life to match your internal reality. Cause that's what I did. And I think that's important, especially as a coach, because to be able to say that you've been there and understand where whoever, like whoever's coming to work with you to understand where they're at and, and to say that you've been there and you're where they want to be. It's a game changer. It's like when I was growing up overweight, I would talk to like the fitness experts. I've talked to personal trainers, nutritionists, but they never knew what it was like to be overweight. And so to be able to have your story, it just makes it that more, um, you just have such a stronger foundation and to be able to make more of a massive impact. Thanks. Yeah. And I've gotten more and more comfortable sharing those pieces of my life, you know, with my audience and because I don't ever want to, I don't want to give the perception or, or be perceived, I guess, as someone who, you know, stepped right into coaching, you know, made, you know, six figures, never struggled, never had any problems, never went through depression, never went through anxiety. No, I've been through all of it. And I can tell you that most people, if they're being honest, can recall a a time or two where they have felt less than their best when they've had days or weeks or months or even years where 
they felt like a dark cloud was just over them the entire time, no matter where they went. At least for me, that's how I felt. Absolutely. And, and I, I can agree. I've had some uh, challenging times, but I mean, that's, that's what makes us stronger and to be strong and to be able to use our journey and serve others is, um, is pretty awesome. It is for sure. So what would you say would be one of the biggest takeaways for you when you're going through from like 2011, from that really challenging time to where you are now? What was, what was one thing that helped you like overcome all of these obstacles? So, uh, yeah, there was a very distinct moment. Um, it was a life-changing moment for me. Uh, it was 2013. And I had been working in these really remedial, shitty, I don't know if I can say that on here, but I did, shitty jobs. Um, they were awful. They, I, like when I got hurt in 2011, I was a licensed massage therapist and I also had two master's degrees. Within months of having that accident and being physically injured and traumatized, I fell into a really bad depression. I was incredibly anxious. I wound up losing my job as a massage therapist because it's very physical, that type of work. I wound up closing a private practice that I had just started the year before. And I felt utterly lost, confused. I had absolutely no direction. And because I felt so badly about myself and I had no, I had no confidence, I actually applied for jobs that that literally paid minimum wage, provided no benefits, no health insurance, no sick leave, no sick time, nothing. And I took jobs that were soul sucking and that literally drained the life out of me, but only further reinforced how I felt about myself. So prime example, I applied to be a telemarketer at like 31 years old. And I remember going in for the interview and like begging God that I would get this job. Now, somebody from the outside could observe that and be like, what is this chick doing? Right. She's got all these degrees. She's brilliant. She's, you know, me didn't matter. Did not matter because I couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. Didn't feel it. Couldn't see it. And I got fired as a telemarketer like six months after that job. And my self-esteem was so low that I begged for that job back mm. in tears to a person, mind you, who was like 15 years younger than me, had probably not even graduated high school, was so condescending and he was like, no, I'm sorry. You got to go. Like, you're not making quotas. Like, you got to go. Shut up. And you know what I did? I berated myself and I beat myself up even more on the entire ride home. I was yelling at myself. I was looking in the mirror. I was so angry. I was crying. I was like, you're so pathetic. Like, look at you. You can't even hold down the stupid job that like high school kids can get. And no offense, high school kids, but I mean, you don't even have to like, you don't even have to like be in 10th grade, you know, 10th grade, you can basically get a job as a telemarketer, yeah. like at 15 years old. Um, and I was like beside myself. 
And so a couple of years went by and I just kind of repeated this pattern and one job got a little bit better than the next, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally I was working in a gym. Plus I was still dealing with the physical injuries. Don't forget um, the whole time. Cause I had a doctor that basically didn't want anything to do with me because I didn't have good health insurance. Can't have that unless you have a good job. Right. And so I had to go with the, the doctors that were on my case who would accept letters of, you know, whatever they called them letters of, um, anyway, that doesn't matter. But so I was hurting the whole time physically, mentally, I was a hot mess. Emotionally, I was a hot mess, but I did manage to get a decent job working in a gym where I was a front desk clerk. And then one day I was there and again, not great hours, not great pay. They started me like a dollar above minimum wage. Um, But I felt a little bit better about myself. At least it was like a more professional setting, if you will. Right. And I was cleaning the bathroom the night that this encounter happened with this woman. I will tell you exactly what happened. So part of my job included tidying up the ladies' restroom at the end of the night. That meant flushing toilets, wiping toilets down, you know, taking out trash receptacles, you know, feminine hygiene products, like doing that kind of stuff taking out the trash, all of it, wiping down sinks, counters, everything. I was in the locker room and this woman came in that had been a member of the gym for quite some time. And out of the blue, or maybe not out of the blue, maybe, you know, within perfect timing, I suppose. (laughs) She looks up at me and she says, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And she said, "What, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? What am I doing? And she said, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, cleaning up the bathroom. (laughs) She said, no, what are you doing? And again, I said, uh, emptying trash. Like, do you want me to get specific? Like, do you want to help? I was like, well, I don't understand the question. And then came the ultimate question which to this day I swear is what woke me up and like cracked my soul wide open she said to me I don't mean what are you doing right now she said I mean what are you doing with your life why she kept going on why on earth are you here doing a job that quite frankly a high school age kid could do Wasting your time, wasting your energy, getting paid crap, not having anything to show for it when you are clearly gifted, motivated, inspiring, meant to truly help people in the world. Why are you here? Wow. And that was the defining moment where the line got drawn in the sand. And I thought, she's right. Oh my God. Right? Deer in the headlights. Yeah. The drive home was very, very different from that original drive home mm-hmm. from the telemarketing agency. That drive home was very empowering and very inspiring and very enlightening. And I decided that I needed 
to change. I needed to take ownership of the things I had done and not done. I needed to forgive myself. I needed to forgive other people. I needed to really look at the areas in my life where I was just settling. And there were a lot of them. Wow. Work, relationships, romantic relationship. I had been with someone for 11 years who had cheated on me not once, but twice. And the second time happened right after I sort of found this newfound confidence and newfound freedom. Mm -hmm. And at the minute I found out, it was like, bye, like done, right? I just started cutting people out who were no longer there to lift me up, support me, treat me well. Um, I had no tolerance for it because I stopped tolerating it for myself. That's the game. That that was the most empowering, enlightening moment of my life. Also, the most terrifying moment of my life. (laughs) I can understand that. Now you have to completely change what you've known and what you're used to. Mm -hmm. To find, love yourself, and demand respect and love from other people, and. And that is definitely a challenge when you're used to being, for me personally, used to playing the victim role and just saying, okay, well, I don't deserve any better. So I'm going to settle for what I get. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah, you do have to take a stand. Uh, You essentially, you have to be responsible for yourself. Right. And you have to realize that no one is coming to save you. So you must, you must. You must decide that you are, you're going to stop being at war with yourself and you really need to start loving yourself. And that takes so much weight off of you. Like once you're okay being you and don't feel like you have to put a front up or, or don't have, feel like you have to please anybody else. It's like, you can breathe. Like you don't have to stress out. You just have to know. And I tell, and I tell my daughter, I tell my clients, if you're walking in love and peace, like everything else will fall into place. If you have good intentions and you are not out to like be, um, me. Yeah. To hurt anybody, just like be a decent human being. Don't hurt anybody. Right. Then you're good. And you, and you can be you and whoever doesn't like you for you being you can go out the back door. Like it's not that serious. Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of where I started to really look around and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, you know, I knew, I knew that I had allowed people to mistreat me, whether it was a boss, a friend that was not maybe so good to me, you know, um, again, the boyfriend, I mean, yeah, the first eight years were great until he decided to cheat. And then of course, at that time I was feeling very vulnerable. I just had the accident. And so it was like, okay, well don't do it again. And, you know, and, and, and sure enough, I mean, you know, I found out about it again. And at that point it was like, Oh, let me tell you something like, bye. Like uh, we're done, like done. And I walked away from, we weren't living together, thank God, but I literally went to confront this person and the other person that was the second party. And I'll spare you the Jerry Springer details um, because it's about what it was. But I remember looking right at him and just saying like, 
don't need this and I don't need you. Like, bye. Like, that's it. We're done. We're done. Now, of course, I was crying and emotional and all that, but I never looked back. I never picked up the phone to call him. I never went online to look at what he was doing or message him. And this is what you're talking about an 11 year relationship. And I literally never, ever to this day, heard from him, saw him, looked at him. I'm not kidding you. I completely wrote him and his entire family off. Well, I went home that one night, threw everything away, burned all the stuff he had gotten me over the years. I didn't burn it. I think I threw bleach on it or something. And uh, I put it out in the, in the trash bag. And that was it. Like, I was sad, of course, for a few weekends. It was really hard. I mean, for 11 years, I was with somebody every weekend. And so, yeah, the first few weeks and months were really hard. Going into the holidays were pretty hard. But I had this newfound self-respect. And, and I knew, I was like, I would rather be happy being by myself than to be miserable being with someone who does not respect me or love me. Because the actions speak volumes, right? The words are words, actions speak volumes. And so I was like, that's it, like done, bye, Block, blocked on all social media, never, never even went back. And I had girlfriends to this day who were like, I don't understand, you just like kept going. And I'm like, because I had a whole new sense of self. I was just like, nope, not tolerating it, not anymore. I don't deserve this. I wouldn't do that to you. And so you've got to go. Bye. 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 Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That, that's awesome. And, and to be able to um, share that story later with such power and, and see how it shifted your life is, is really great. It really wow. did. Yeah. It's it really, really scary. If you've been used to something for 11 years, it's like, well, it's comfortable. But where do you grow outside of your comfort zone? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> awesome. So if there, if you could give the listeners one tip on how to fit in your goals into the crazy thing that you call life, what would it be? Make yourself a priority and schedule non-negotiables every single day on your calendar. Hmm. Okay. I have a second. I got a follow-up question then. What would be an example of non-negotiables for you? So for me, um, meditation time and prayer time, non-negotiable. Don't disturb me during that time. I love it. Okay. Yep. Don't disturb me. Don't okay. Disturb <laughs> Don't disturb me. Working out. True story. Don't disturb me. Don't disturb me. Yes, no. Not because I'm not going to answer. Right. I take one hour a day. That's it. And like 30 minutes of it is just more like calisthenics and stretching and all that. I do like 30 minutes of cardio after that little, you know, just some like uh, body movement, whatever that I can do, given my neck and shoulder thing. But that like, don't bother me. Nope. Don't call. Don't tell me you need something. Nope. Non-negotiable. Um, and eating. Hmm. Non-negotiable. Thank you for saying that, because some people are weird about it, and I, I was one. Food is a priority. Like, it has to be. You're gonna feel your brain, your body, everything. If you get in a car and it doesn't have gas in it, I tell my daughter this every morning when she's like, "I want to eat breakfast." How can you expect the, the car to drive if you have no fuel in your tank? You're not going. To. 
Exactly. But then you get upset with yourself when you're like super drained and trying to do something and you can't focus. So I eat six times a day and those meal times, like they're planned. Like nope, nobody book anything on my calendar from 1230 to one o'clock. That's lunchtime every day. My boyfriend was laughing at me because the thing went off on the weekend. Like my alarm, I actually have an alarm and it went off and he was like, what you have to remind yourself to eat. I'm like, listen, dude, when you're an entrepreneur and you work from home, everybody thinks it's all glamorous. I got news for you. You can get sucked into a vortex and you won't see the light of day. Like you'll go down on your computer at 8 a.m. All of a sudden it's like 8 p.m. Right. So no, that stuff is scheduled in exercise time, prayer time, meditation time. It's all scheduled. My calendar is off limits to people during those times. I love it. Good stuff. Well, thank you for joining us. So what, if somebody wants to get more information about you, where should they go? How should they reach out to you? They should reach out to me by actually putting my name into a Google search. I promise it's the easiest way to find me because I'm a visibility expert. Like I want to contact you or get in touch with you wherever you see me, right? So if you see me on LinkedIn and that's your platform, reach out there. If you see me on Facebook, you want to connect there, reach out to me on there. It's just so much easier than having to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, I just Google my name, Lisa Marie Peppy. You'll find my website. You'll find my Facebook. You'll, you'll find articles I've written, all of it. So it's the easiest way. Awesome. And I know that you have a program that you're working on. So would you like to, can you share that with our, with our audience? I can. So I just launched the Time to Shine Online Academy. It is a 10-week group coaching program for newer entrepreneurs who are really looking to get their online businesses up and running, but also to go the extra step and dig into, you know, their branding, their messaging, really honing in on who their ideal client is and maximizing that information that they gather to then create uh, real solutions for their clients' problems. And so I'm really excited. We just kicked it off today. and so, yeah, I can totally put the link in the comment section below or wherever you put it on your page. Yeah. People can check it out. I made it super affordable um, because the know times are tough right now, but it's a 10-week program and it's literally less than if you went to like Starbucks every day and got a Kappa Frappa Lapa Chuchi thing, sugared beverage, whatever they call those things that are like $7, you know what I mean? Um, this would be money very much well invested and spent versus some sugary drink that's going to make you crash in a half hour. Right. Awesome. So I'll put that in the, um, in the podcast notes and so they can have Perfect. access to that. Perfect. Cool. Good stuff. Melissa Marie, thank you for your time and thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to just subscribe. So you're the first to hear about the new episodes and share with your friends ready to fit into. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Mwah. Mwah.